Greetings to those who watch below. It's me, Brimstone. I'm back after my post-Halloween short break. So, I thought we'd get the channel kicked back off again with a subscriber paranormal experience. Uh, this one, the subscriber has chosen to remain anonymous, which is absolutely fine. And I'm just really, really thankful that you sent the story in. So, here we go. My family moved into a home in the middle of Iowa that was over a hundred years old when we got there. It was built by a pair of Irish immigrants back in the early 1900s. These Irishmen both lived and died in the house as far as we could tell. The house had, of course, had previous owners, between the death of the builders and our own moving experience, but we didn't really care much for following up on any leads to them, and I'm not sure we ever have to this day. The point was, it was cheap and for the first time since my father remarried after divorcing my mother when I was a small child, we weren't stuck in some miserable apartment. We had a history with haunted houses, specifically my father. This new home is actually the only one I really remember living with my dad in. My father and I were inspecting the home on our own, while my sister and stepmother were likely out shopping. I was a daddy's boy for sure. I was about six, and respected no one else's opinion above my father's. This, coupled with my general distaste for shopping, mandated that I would be going with my father. So, we set off on our excursion to examine the large, empty home we had just acquired. I've always been a fan of the spooky, so I was almost excited, until I remembered this is where I would be sleeping. The first place we checked was the basement. The walls were bricked up, and the entire basement just had a very unsettling aura about it. My dad, once again, veteran to the supernatural was unaffected, but as a six-year-old with an imagination that would conjure up monsters and demons galore for me, this seemed like the perfect place for a hapless young child to be dragged behind a collapsing brick wall, screaming, while his parents weren't home. The main floor was pretty standard, hardwood floors, creepy closets, and a giant mirror in the entryway on a coat closet door opposite the front door. Still living there today, and having a phobia of mirrors, I've sprinted through the entryway many a late night at work, but the main floor was very bland. The one spot of vanilla in our creepy abode. The upstairs area, where our bedrooms are, was about a five on the creepy scale. The long, narrow hallway that separated my room from the bathroom, while still allowing me just to barely see down the opposite end of the hall via the moonlight, was just frightening enough to still cause anxiety in me as a twenty-year-old. At the top of the stairs, if you turn left, there was a room that would later become my sister's. In front of the top of the stairs, and just barely to the left, was my parents' room. If you turned right, the first door on the left was a guest room, and on the right was the bathroom, while my room was snugly situated at the end of the hall. Directly across from my parents' room was an attic, that I still never go in. The floorboards are a little weak, not weak enough to fall through, but I've seen enough movies to know you should never take chances. This first expedition of ours, my father and I reached the top of the stairs and faintly heard music. It didn't quite sound like it was coming from a radio, more like someone was in my sister's room, playing a violin very, very softly. Despite it being incredibly quiet, it was also incredibly clear. My dad and I both froze upon hearing it, and glanced at each other. My dad, being the paragon of bravery, 
or perhaps either too smart or too foolish not to be distressed by this, declared that someone must have left a radio in the room when they were maintaining the house before they sold it. It didn't occur to either of us that the house was empty for well over a year, and anyone who had left a radio would have come back by now. He tried the door to the room, and it was locked. This was still very unusual, and we couldn't figure out why it would be, but my dad had a brave solution. The windows of the home opened very easily, and the second floor had a large but mostly flat roof, with a very, very small slant. It would be easy to go out of the window of his room, walk across to my sister's room, and pop open the window to unlock it. We ended up walking along the roof many times in later years, just to enjoy the view. Looking out across the vast soybean and cornfields that surrounded our house, I stood in his room and watched him gallantly shuffle through his window, step onto the roof, and walk with ease to my sister's. As he reached it, he paused. Being curious, but not wanting to be away from my dad for too long, I quickly scurried from his room back to the previously locked door, but it wasn't locked. In fact, it wasn't even closed anymore, and it was only then that I realised it was absolutely silent, apart from wind rustling through trees outside. The music had stopped, sometime between us opening the window for Dad to crawl out, and him arriving back at my sister's room. The room was empty, apart from a large ceiling fan, with a quite lovely light fixture, and a large, also lovely double bed. I opened the window for Dad, still standing in what I now realised was stunned silence. He slowly dropped into the room, as cautious as I'd seen him all day. As he glanced around nervously, the small child in me ran wild. I quickly flew onto the bed in the room, which was surprisingly comfortable, but my father quickly pulled me off, saying that the bed was old and possibly very dirty. I quietly agreed and begged him for the room to be mine, which was an idea that was quickly quashed. The rest of our exploration was pretty dull, even in the room that became mine, which had a noticeably lighter atmosphere. Before we left, my dad continued to mess with my sister's door. I figured he was just being a silly old person, but now I realise he was trying to figure out how on earth what we had both just experienced had happened. Fast forward a few years, and we've been living in the house for a while with our two dogs. We had the occasional odd occurrence, footsteps on the floor nobody should have been on, creaking doors, uncomfortable feelings, but the one thing that sticks out in my mind is what happened with our home phone. We had a wireless home phone, mind you. This was one of the days when that was a big deal, probably the early 2000s. And although we would always put the phones back on the charge base, we would always find it placed somewhere random in the house. This wasn't random as in, oh, I was on the phone in the kitchen and I must have forgotten to put it back on the base. It was random as in, I was just on the phone in the living room, so what is it doing on top of the washing machine in the basement? My dad and I understood that it was weird as it was always somewhere you wouldn't normally be while you were on the phone, in the bathroom, or the attic, or basement, something like that. We would scarcely find it in a bedroom or in the study or in the living room where the base was. My dogs would always be uncomfortable in the areas where we would find the phone though, things like carefully skirting to the outside of the rooms, or watching some unseen entity pass through the room. Once, while my dad and I were home alone, we were down in the basement doing laundry, when we noticed both of our dogs growling and snarling. We looked around concerned. 
and noticed that their backs were straightened, and they were intensely focused on one specific corner of the basement. I remember noticing that their tails were standing straight out, and they reminded me of pine trees, and just how straight they were. In addition to the hair standing straight out, they barked, horribly loud, much louder than I ever remember them barking. My dad slammed the door to the washing machine, and turned to face the corner. With a calm, but intimidating voice, he demanded, No. You can mess with me. You can mess with the phones. Whatever. I don't care. But you do not mess with my dogs. There was a split second where everything was absolutely silent. Then, it was as if all the energy in the room just disappeared. My dogs sniffed loudly and returned to their usual behaviour. My dad and I both just scanned the room carefully, then glanced at each other, while he looked determined, which did not match my paralysing terror at all. We both just awkwardly walked upstairs afterwards, and I cowered under a blanket on the couch, under the watchful eyes of my dogs, as my dad worked on his computer from the office. Later, my father ended up looking into the actual history of the home. All he's told me, and all I've asked, is what happened to those who built the home. The two Irish brothers lived in the home their entire lives after they built it. One of the brothers died in the house sometime between the 1920s and 40s. They held a traditional Irish wake and funeral, which means the body was placed on the table in the main dining room. The friends and loved ones would gather round and take time telling stories of the lost brother. The sorrow turned to celebration as they began listening to music and dancing together. The surviving brother pulled the dead one from his coffin and danced on the table with the cadaver in a jovial way. He was then placed in the bed upstairs, my sister's bed, for the rest of the festivities. Upon learning that, my father promptly replaced my sister's bed. It turns out the brothers played in a small folk band and would often perform on the property, in a barn behind the house. The surviving brother played the harmonica and wrote mournfully about his brother and how he missed hearing his violin, which he could play in a jovial fever back in the barn with their friends, or very softly when no one else was around, playing gentle, classical music from the sanctuary of his room in front of the window. I hope you enjoyed our story today, guys. If you have a creepy experience, paranormal or with the living, please feel free to send it in to me. You can do it via email. The details are down in the description box below. Also, like, share, and subscribe. My next video should be coming out in a few days, and it will be a continuation of Herbert West, Reanimator. So until then, sleep tight. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.